Welcome to the uh, Writing History Podcast. What you just heard there was Sinskaro by Hamlet Gunashvili, who's uh, said to be one of the greatest singers of Georgian polyphonic music throughout whole history. And this is to introduce what we'll be discussing today on the Writing History Podcast is the Georgian Chronicles. And with me I have uh, Dr. Natya uh, Kvachekitsa. She is an uh, associate professor of literature at uh, Akaki Tseretelli State University in uh, Kutaisi, Georgia. And uh, thank you for joining for joining me here today. Thank you, David. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so uh, what we're going to be talking about is the this uh, epic work called the Georgian Chronicles. And uh, it uh, goes, uh, the uh, version that I have, obviously there are uh, later editions that have been added to it, but uh, the version I have of it is starts at the Tower of Babel, and goes all the way until the death of David the Builder, who was uh, kind of the, uh, you'd say, the greatest king that uh, yeah, Georgia uh, has ever had? I would say the greatest king that Georgia has ever had, and I would also say one of the greatest king ever in the whole world. <laughs> He's <laughs> held in very, very, very high regard. And, he deserves uh, it. He becomes... Uh, kind of the uh, the climax or the apex of the story uh, at the end. And uh, so at this point in this podcast, we look at history. Uh, history, obviously, as uh, historians would look at it, but also the way that anyone that writes history writes history for a reason. There is an implicit argument in the way that you choose to portray history, the events that you that you choose from, and uh, yeah. the way that things are described that makes an implicit argument about the past, the present, and the future. Um, and uh, I believe there are about there are two different uh, historians or two different people who wrote this uh, this work of history that we know about at least. They they mentioned their own names in the book. Uh, so mm -hmm. Leon, can you uh, help me with the pronunciation yeah. of his name again? Yes, Leon Timroveli and Juan Yes. Do you want to share, that's right. Uh, yes. At least, yes, uh, the ones we know for sure about. There are lots of uh, various kind of arguments and versions of that, and it, it definitely uh, there could be some other uh, authors, but at least uh, these are the ones who mention their names. Definitely. And uh, from what we, uh, uh, and there may have been obviously based on a lot of older uh, materials, but uh, when we at least know that some of this was written down was uh, around 800 ADOC uh, yeah, during... Yes, 
Again, again, several, uh, two main versions of uh, the first just c c collection of those uh, stories into 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 one, uh, either, uh, yes, about 800 or even uh, another possible version of the 11th century. But uh, yes, Leontim Rovelli is somehow uh, could be considered uh, as the one who edited and kind of combined and uh, collected all different kind of sources and tales and historical uh, writings and facts and just combined all, all these things into one whole book. That's right. And uh, obviously there was an audience for it too, right? The, the uh, Georgian Christian audience of 800 uh, AD. Yes. And yes. There, there seemed to be, uh, for me, reading this as an, as an outsider, obviously not a Georgian, uh, yes. as a Norwegian, uh, but uh, coming to this book, it seemed to me that there were two themes that were very strong, uh, very strongly present in the in the mind of the author that he wanted to emphasize with uh, with this. And one of the themes that keeps returning it returning is this desire and wish and dream for Georgia to be independent, uh, to be yeah. uh, its own autonomous, uh, autonomously governed. Uh, even though it's always right next to these giants, right? These these neighbors. Yeah. So it's the always the little brother uh, in most of these cases. Not always, right? So David, he is able to, to a certain extent, become a, not a superpower, but a, a significant uh, force in the region. Yes, at least uh, as, as much of a superpower as a possibly Georgian king could, because we are not a huge country. Right. <laughs> I don't think that, that it's possible to do more in this respect. So, exactly. yes, somehow, yes. So uh, there's uh, from the very beginning this. Uh, so that's the one theme that keeps repeating itself. Yeah, is definitely. This quest for independence, for for self rule yes. and self government. And yes, and I can say that we do have this ongoing quest. Yes. Still. Yes. Throughout our whole history. <laughs> And so, uh, and and part of that may be uh, a little bit of a result of the geography, the unique geography of of Georgia, right? Situated in essentially this uh, this small uh, piece of land between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea. Yes. So that's strategically kind of a, quite a. If you if you hold that area, then you hold kind of the gateway to the north or the south. Yes. If if you're looking at it the other way. Through the Georgian, yes. through the through the Cauc Caucasian mountains, um, yeah. and but you also have one of the most, can we say, uh, battle scarred regions of the entire Earth has been the kind of meeting between the East and the West, right? Between yes, the Ro Roman Empire and the Persian Empire, between you know, yes. so there's throughout there all the centuries, it has been such a strategic kind of area and. And again, it may be that that's also because of the location of Turkey, right? Again, a small piece of land that uh, that uh, uh, between the Black Sea and you know at, at at Constantinople, obviously, very very small piece of land <laughs> yes. that connects uh, you know that connects Europe and Asia uh, between the Black Sea and the Mediterranean, right? Again, yeah. very small piece of land, hold that, and you have a strategic advantage, and very close to that. Is yes. is Georgia and the Georgian homeland, right? The Georgian mainland. Yes, yes. and uh, actually, uh, we used to have much more land there, which which now uh, officially uh, belongs to Turkey. But right. that's another. 
that's kind another of. other story yes <laughs> yeah other story uh, and the second the second theme that seems to repeat itself is um that although originally obviously georgia was not uh christian although it, it does uh it does trace itself back to noah and and the mm-hmm. flood and so on and the and the, and the ch- kids children yes. of noah as in the as in the bible descendants uh, they, noah. Uh, the uh there is definitely a first uh, nature religion then Zoroastrianism to a certain extent uh, but when christianity arrives in um in georgia and it does so kind of through some trickles first and then through saint nino Mm-hmm. It is defined. Uh, it is a defining moment, right? Uh, it's uh, that Christianity arriving is described as one of the most fun- fundamental changes to Georgian society, um, and it becomes deeply anchored in the population, and almost impossible to root out. Even though a lot of different conquerors and and huge powers try, right? That it becomes Georgia becomes Christian to a very um, to a very um, say great extent or very in, very deeply christian Deep, definitely yes you are absolutely right we can we we do not uh, even uh distinct distinguish being georgian and being christian so uh, <laughs> now nowadays being uh, orthodox christian yes right. before uh, just in those old centuries there was no distinction of that now uh there is so we we, we when we say georgian we generally mean christian and now orthodox christian of course there are some other religions but this is just deep in georgian nation and yes it and, and seems uh, to be also part of the motivation of of this history writer right to to yes to describe yes. georgian oh, first yeah. as wanting to be independent of these uh, great powers surrounding surrounding it and secondly yeah to be and to remain christian right yes uh, and uh, to view it as a christian nation yes uh, and uh, we see that uh I'd just like to point out a couple of passages first for the theme of always wanting to be and remain independent right okay already from the beginning you have uh, targamos is described as kind of the father of all georgians right yeah targamos and his family so he's a giant uh and it's the story of the eight brothers yes that, uh, first let us recall that for the armenians and georgians ranians Movkians, hers lex megrelians caucasians there was a single father named targamos it was son mm-hmm. of tarsi grandson of japheth son of noah and yes. uh, so that uh, anchors it there into the biblical story. And uh, his son named uh, Haos, I believe. Yes, mm-hmm. Haos. Uh, at a certain point, they're threatened by the domination from, or try to uh, wrest themselves away from the domination of the tyrant of of Babel, you could say, or the the king of uh, of Babel that has conquered, as it's described, the whole world. Yes. Uh, and Haos says he summons the seven giants, and he brought them together and said, God on high gave us strength and a numerous people. Now, with the help of the Creator, let us become slave to no one and let us serve no one else save god the creator right so it's subject to no one except to god yes again this uh, idea of uh, independence uh, intermingled with uh, religion definitely right and you have uh, because of the um, obviously because of the relationship here with uh, being close to 
to Nebrot, uh, or <laughs> close to Nebrot. So what happens is that he comes with his army, and he's this great uh, king that has that ordered the building of the Tower of Babel, etc. Um, and he, they comes up against them, and they flee up the Mount Ararat, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. there they have the, this battle, and through uh, a mixture of uh, guile and uh, and strength, they're able to to kill Nebrot, so he dies there. Yeah, but they, do, yeah. they defeat him. They defeat him exactly, and however, after that, they uh, they then have to fear the vengeance of his of his kin because it's described as if Nebrot becomes the ancestor of all the Iranian or, or Persian kings in this area the great yes. kings mm-hmm. and so um, they say that they were all the families in the family of Targamos were in friendly terms with each other they were united because they were possessed by the fear of the descendants of Nebrot and thought mm-hmm. that the latter would seek vengeance for the blood of Nebrot so yes. they hastened to defend their fortified cities out of fear of the descendants of Nebrot. And Nebrot is uh, what we know in the Bible as Nimrod, right? It's, uh, the character mm-hmm. of Nimrod. Right. Nebrot. Right, Nimrod. Yes, absolutely. So from the beginning, you have uh, obviously uh, this strategically located um, country between the the greater Caucasus and lower Caucasus region mountains, right? That's kind of the, the roughly the border of, of, of Georgia, as we, as we know yes. it. Yes, exactly. But right next to it, this amazingly great, uh, fertile region populated or led by this great king that once ruled everything um, and his descendants still being a, a, a great kingdom or great uh, great kingdoms in yeah. the area. Yes, this t- and still remaining some potential danger for, right. for, uh, yeah. for, for those ones who defeated Nebrot. <laughs> and so... What what I see in the when I'm reading the story is this constant struggle between proud independence, yeah, and the necessity of compromise, or at certain points becoming a vassal state, um, or even being completely conquered by uh, by this 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 larger power, right? Yes, right. Uh, completely conquered, and uh, there's another danger for just that follows that kind of assimilated uh, g- the, a danger of assimilation and danger of kind of uh, uh, stopping being a nation, a separate kind of uh, individual, independent country, nation, or culture. Right. So that, that 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 potential danger has always been there. I can't say it ever went away there were just ups and downs but it's a, co- a constant kind <laughs> so of struggle. O- always this kind of feeling that there's this this pressure to yes, lose yes, your uniqueness yes, in some kind yes, of way yes for example we mentioned king david and during his uh, uh no, not all throughout all his reign because when he just uh, came to the throne uh, georgia was nearly destroyed but uh during uh, the best kind of uh times of his reign in the golden age which he started yes there was some at least uh maybe this feeling uh, went somewhere mm, further or deep inside but still it was always there you could never escape from that because 
this potential danger just uh, was sometimes kind of uh, weaker, but never disappeared. Right. And the, at, the, at the beginning, it seems like the is almost exclusively from uh, the uh, from the east that this uh, that you have to constantly uh, keep yourself uh, oriented towards this great power from the east. Uh, that changes a couple of times. Where first you have the uh, the conquest of uh, Alexander, yes, and then later his his generals kind of are able to hold that territory for a while, um, mm-hmm. and he's described as uh, in quite quite, glo- quite good terms or quite positive terms, Alexander the Great. Even though he he does um, obviously uh, has a lot of battles that lead to a lot a lot of people dying, but. Uh, David is later described as a second Alexander, right? A, a young uh, and great, great uh, king. Yes, we do not just generally view him like that. So this is not the main point, but this was one of the points just uh, uh, in, re- in respect to his um, ability, great ability as a uh, military warrior, commander. Leader yeah. and military commander, yes. Because he, uh, he's described in... In the Georgian Chronicles, as kind of a second yes. Alexander, yes. and that's in that yes, sense, like right? that, as a military this, commander, this brilliant military was, commander that's able to against the odds, why. able to turn yes. a battle on its exactly, head. Exactly, right? exactly. Even miraculous, uh, his uh, victories are even considered as miraculous because uh, it, it was not supposed to be a victory. Right. So, and so one, one one time you have like. Uh, him with an army of, I mean, we're going getting ahead of ourselves here, but yeah. King David, yeah. the builder, with an army of 1,500 uh, defeating 100,000 yes. <laughs> people, right? Yes, like just and the, the, 100, that's, 100, that's 100 to 100 to 1, or yeah. one of their warriors could set a 1,000 a flight and stuff like that. <laughs> Something like that. But often because of uh, tactical uh, tactical brilliance and, and luck in yes, sales exactly. and miracles, right? Yeah. That's yes, actually, yes, it was not just miracle, it was tactics, first of all, right. and of course, uh, uh, faith and fighting spirit and this kind of spirit of fighting for, for your homeland, something like that. And again, Protect- something that, uh, again, the, the history writer had yes. had seen as integrally there since the days of Haos, right, or Tagamo, yes. uh, Tagamos, that... Uh, that so in, in in essence, the kind of the Georgia is always there, even when it's not there, right? Even when it is yes. a vassal state yeah. or it is something else, it's still uh, the 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 title is the life of Kartli, right? The life of this. Yes, of this the life of Kartli, but Kartli uh, in this case view, viewed as uh, the whole country. Yes, right. it can be viewed uh, uh, as a region nowadays. Yes, it's a, a name of the region, but as for life of the of Kartli, it's the whole history of Georgia. Yes, from. Uh, a very, very strong kind of sense of identity implicitly already there and always there, even in the midst of uh, great destructions, uh, massacres, uh, domination of these other peoples, right? Yes. Uh, but then you have, uh, but you have um, a kind of mixed relationships. First, you have uh, obviously uh, often intermarriage with the with the uh, Iranian or, or Persian dynasties. Persian, yes. Uh, and th- but then you, and then just some fleeting, usually, uh, relationships towards the West. Uh, but that yeah. changes uh, briefly when it comes to the, the Romans, but they're also seen to a certain extent just as, as conquerors, right? They're not seen yeah. as allies and they become conquerors. Uh, yes, they and are fought And are fought against and, and joining them or joining the, 
uh, Persians in battle is seen as a matter of tactics or strategy and not really as we are inherently closer linked to the Greeks. Yes, right? yes, exactly. That was uh, so uh, joining either of them or just viewing them uh, different, at different times as allies, that d uh, was not the choice we actually supported that was the just the fact of the tactics you absolutely rightly Purely stated strategic alliances right yes strategic to survive at some point at some point there was just no other way to survive if we could remain kind of neutral in those just situations we would but we couldn't right that and that then again because of the strategic location of this of again the, of this yes, country right exactly. just exactly. just uh to a certain extent, a uh, victim of your own success being kind of the highways or the crossroads of the west, <laughs> east, north, and south, right? Yes, it, it, it just from one uh, point of view or from one angle, it's uh, a blessing, and from another angle, it's our kind of curse um, or, or the complete source of our uh, various problems uh, because it's so kind of really um, how to say uh, desirable for everybody. And so that, that brings me a little bit to the second point, because you, you do see, I do think, I mean, even after that, there are obviously strategic alliances and so on, but yes. there is a fundamental um, QC shift in focus and uh, in affiliation towards the West uh, at the time of the introduction of Christianity into Georgia. Yes, that definitely plays a huge role. We can say so. And so let's uh, let's take a look again back at uh, at the kind of role of religion um, mm -hmm. in in Georgia as it's described in the uh, in the um, uh, Georgian chronicles. What what stands out to me is that uh, politics and religion, as in the Heimskringlerbasnordestulason, it's just impossible to separate the two very often. Right. Yes. So sometimes you have examples of have tried compromises, but it just seems that religion is so closely connected to to alliances, to uh, to identity, um, to affiliation in uh, politics that it's it's just really almost impossible to separate the uh, yes. the the uh, the kind of we religious alliances so. and the and the kind of the political alliances. Yes, yes, you can say so. Uh, of course, it varies uh, at some points, and there are lots of kind of different reasons for that. But generally, yes. And so we have from the we have a few clues uh, to as to what was there uh, before the time of Christianity, because obviously the the main point in this book and the main focus are the two points. The David the Builder covers about fifty pages in three hundred fifty pages. And yes. uh, the introduction of Christianity covers uh, over 150 pages, uh, I okay. think, in total, of the of the book. Uh, but you have, from the beginning, uh, there seems to be this uh, presentation that uh, Targamos uh, had a and his sons had a belief in a god that was the creator of the world. Yes. Right. So you have. Uh, well, they did have that kind of uh, original first religion if we ca could call, call it so. Right. And uh, we learn about that, uh, as, as so very often, we first learn about things when they cease being, right? It's kind of, in history, nothing is described of a certain event until it stops, 
right? Yes. Or, or, when, or, or a certain uh, ritual or a certain practice. Because most of the time, and this is the same in our lives, right? We don't know what is of interest or we just the things that happen every day or the, the attitudes that we have all the time, they're invisible to us. Our, our culture is invisible to us because we're just surrounded by it. It's just like the air we're breathing, right? <laughs> Definitely, yes. And we so uh, kind of evaluate it later, yes, when it kind of changes or ceases to be. Yes. And so it's first, yeah, so it's first when we kind of, when it's when there's a change or when we are, we are met with another culture that our own culture or, or history or our time becomes... Uh, conscious to us, right? We we become conscious of it. Yeah, absolutely right. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. And uh, there's a, a uh, uh, the king Mirian when he's talking to Nino, right? When when uh, he's asking who is this Christian God, um, that's when we first get introduced to at the at the change, right? When they're becoming Christian, that's when we're yep. introduced to what uh, what was there before. Before that, it's just mentioned sporadically here and there um, but here it says by the power of which god do you perform these perform these cures mm-hmm. are you a daughter of armazi right that's the that seems to be the head god of this kind of nature yeah. religion that was uh, in georgia for for, for many time, centuries uh, which was uh, at least uh, that religion was most powerful yes right. uh, christianity or some pre-christianity always existed here so it, it does have a longer and deeper history uh, uh, even be- before nino came but uh, yes but by that time uh, we were not christian uh, the state was not christian officially so what nino changed mainly was that georgia uh, the king and queen uh, converted to christianity and georgia became Christian as a state. It became state religion. Do you know if any... Do you uh, know if any uh, Armazi was the main god, yes. Right. And I'm not, do you have any... Uh, we don't know a whole lot about these, do we? Like, we only have, like, remnants of, you know, what is in historical sources, but it doesn't seem like there... Uh, do you know if there are any archaeological evidence of... There, we're talking about a lot of statues of Armazi and this other pantheon of these nature gods. Yeah, there were, there was the pantheon. We do have a kind of mythology of our uh, own Georgian mythology and certain texts and myths and legends uh, and some uh, just uh, remnants of those uh, things, but not exactly uh, actual... Lots of at least archaeological uh, things, because as for those statues, they were destroyed right, so right. long ago. <laughs> um, and it just says so. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, After that time, Georgia uh, has been uh, predominantly Christian. So that's right. That's kind of complicated. And so he describes, and probably again, you'd have incentive again, just like in Norway, to destroy those statues, those relics, those places of of sacrifice, etc. Right. So. Because um, because you, you wouldn't want the people to to hold on to them, so they yes you wouldn't one want of them the to reasons another reason was that just yes they were kind of either ruined or destroyed or in their place uh, some other things were just kind of just not used anymore right or just became irrelevant yeah, yeah. Yeah. yes they were irrelevant absolutely yeah. and so in this in this speech here King Mirian he asks her are you a daughter of Armazi or a child of Se- Se- Zaden Zaden mm-hmm. um, you came from abroad and fell among us. You direct your favor towards them. And they yes. grant you the power of cures so that you may thereby live in a foreign land. Uh, and he says, uh, <coughs> Do not to repeat to us the foreign speech and the religion of the er- erring Romans. Uh, for behold, the great gods, this is uh, King Miriam's faith at this time, 
before he mm -hmm. becomes converted. Yeah. For yes. behold, the great gods, um, the masters of the world who spread out the rays of the sun, um, it's it's thought that maybe some sun worship was also a part of it, um, yes. right? Yes. Spread out the rays of the sun, who gra grant rain and make grow the fruits of the earth, the gods of Kartli, Armazi, and Satan, who examine everything, the old gods of our fathers, Gachi, is it Gachi? Gatsi, as we say. and Gaim. Gats and Gaim, yes. These Gats are the ones Gaim. for men to believe. Right? Mm -hmm. And if yes. you will now cure this prince, I will make you rich, and you shall dwell with us in the city of Mshketa. Mshketa, <laughs> right? yes. As a servant to Armazi. And uh, so Armazi, see, there's uh, this kind of nature religion with a pantheon of different kind of gods, but seems to be very focused on the harvest, the rain, the the the, the, yes. the sun, right? The, this yes, like it used to be in some other. No, just, same, uh, same, in, same in same in Norway, same, right? Yeah, in other places, yes. that uh, it was very focused God's on. connected to certain yes uh, natural kind of uh, uh, phenomena and uh, yes connected uh, this all the rituals uh, about the harvest and so because it was so important, crucially important. So that's right, that's and, quite and there uh, seems to be. Um, uh, it seems to be uh, the way that the author portrays it is that they were very dedicated to this religion, the Armazi, right? Or the Armazi worship. Uh, yes, quite. And, uh, but there were uh, practices in that religion that he, that the dis author describes as ceasing with the gradual increase of Christianity. And uh, my argument would be that he uses that as rhetorical devices to see, look, this is how we used to be, and now this mm -hmm. is how we've become because of yeah. Christianity, right? Yes, to emphasize the improvement, uh, right. yes, uh, the civilization or whatever, to of becoming uh, the country or the nation becoming more civilized, yes, to uh, just uh, uh, kind of um, forgetting or uh, refusing those old, uh, some of the old traditions which... We are not definitely uh, desirable, actually. Right. Uh, not I mean, crazy. So whether or not this is going to accurate, right? There is some description of um, yeah. of things that were, you know, by 880 seemed definitely uh, seen as uh, barbaric practices, right? So uh, he talks yes, about... Yes, yes. Uh, during By the time, the time this, yes, uh, Georgian Chronicles was kind of combined into a book and edited and uh, kind of formed the way it first was formed. Uh, 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 Christianity was absolutely uh, deep into the uh, culture uh, of the nation and uh, the thinking and the mentality. So, yes, uh, definitely uh, certain uh, rituals which were quite natural uh, during that Armazi period or before for uh, the country got converted, those rituals were definitely considered barbaric. And, and so this is something, something actually it goes again in the, uh, to a certain extent, the propaganda of the Romans, um, that they were more, more uh, uh, less barbaric because they didn't practice uh, human sacrifice. And they talk about Carthage and these other places, right? Practicing yes. human sacrifice. Yes, that, that's, always, um, that's also that's one of the kind of... That yes, repeats uh, itself uh, also in uh, what in the Heimskring that I was reading, right? Is that uh, Christianity comes and makes an end of looting or this kind of human sacrifice. And uh, it is yes. described also briefly in the Georgian Chronicles during the time of the Armazi worship, right? After mm -hmm. the conquest of Alexander... Mm -hmm. And it says, after Alexander went away, no more did they eat humans. Uh, 
accept uh, those sacrificed as victims to the idol, right? So there's, and there was tranquility and joy for all Kartli because of the reign of Parnavas. Um, and this was a king that worshipped uh, Armasi, but he was, uh, but made the, I guess, the, some of the practices less uh, uh, less severe. And he also was able to, he also was able to, again, give uh, Georgia the kind of independence that they craved uh, or described that they craved from the beginning, right? Yes, yes, right, yes. There, there was no Christianity at that time, at least uh, not widespread, but uh, yes, uh, certain kings, uh, including Parnavas, they uh, did not support all those kind of brutal or uh, violent acts of uh, sacrifice or things like that. Well, I mean, uh, or some of them probably, but... Uh, but uh, no, he probably made, not he all made, of he them. Made, he made them less severe, I guess, is the way, the way it's yes. described. Um, yes. and then and then we have uh, the uh, kind of religious wars between the Armazi cult and the uh, Zoroastrianism of the Persians right yes. uh, when they were were dominant a dominant force they, it was uh, we, we often don't talk think about Zoroastrianism as as a super kind of colonial as far as a religious uh, group goes mm-hmm. but back in the time of the Persians they de- definitely were at least they're the way they're described in the in the uh, in these uh, Georgian chronicles, yes, um, it's talking about how um, that a certain person adopted the religion of the Persians, fire worship, and he brought mm-hmm. from Persia fire worshippers and magi and in- installed them at uh, Mishketa. Mishketa, yes. It's such a hard. It's a such a hard way to say. Uh, yes, I know. That's okay. Absolutely okay. Mishketa. And he began to openly blaspheme. The idols, and then we're talking about the idols of Armazi. And yes. therefore, the inhabitants of Kartli hated him because they had great faith in the idols. And then the majority of the Eristavis, that's the kind of the lower uh, captains or the lower uh, uh, chieftains, you could say, yes. of Kartli conspired. They sent an envi- envoy to the king of Armenia and said, Our king has abandoned the religion of our fathers. No more does he serve the gods who protect Kartli. He has introduced his paternal religion and abandoned his maternal religion. Mm-hmm. Now he is no longer worthy to be our king. Give us your son Arsak, who has his wife as his wife a descendant of our kings of the line of Parnavas, and help us with your army, and we shall expel Parnajum, the advocate of a new religion. Yes. And uh, so it's uh, they are very, very, very uh, trying to hold on to. Um, Armazi were vers- yeah. worship, their tradition, uh, their, their traditional fathers, beliefs, right, yes. their traditional beliefs. Um, and uh, his, after Parnajum is killed, his son says, Rightly was my father killed because he did not cleave to the religion of your fathers. But now let there be no worry, um, for on account of apostasy, fathers have killed sons and brothers, brothers, and blood is not sought from those who killed because of apostasy. So again, mm-hmm. it's, it's the, the falling away from the Armazi cult was also seen as kind of a, a crime worthy almost of death. Yes, right. yes, but uh, at the same time, we can also uh, say that uh, uh, not only then, but till now, people uh, often use uh, lots of things, including religion, to justify right. and, their and intentions. Again, so because it's so, can, so, so closely it united to, to the politics, yeah. right? It's closely yes, united yes. to politics. And at, at yes, this it time, was the fight for, for the power uh, justified by religion. Right. But who knows what was the real reason be- behind all that? Right, and and uh, again, it seems that at this point, um, Georgia is very kind of trying to be itself, and the, r- the traditions of our fathers are very, very strongly held on to. Uh, 
yes. um, in and uh, res- very kind of violently resist the Zoroastrian yeah. uh, traditions uh, yes. as, they're, as they're trying to be, so. at least as they're trying to be introduced from on top, right? It's kind of a top-down attempt at converting through sending exactly in the yes yes no 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 not just to convert but to influence and dominate yes right. then country, and yes. and it seems like the, the way it's, he describes the introduction of christianity is very very different right it's, it seems that um the way he um, the way that christianity comes is kind of more by a trickle you know a yes. little bit here a little bit there uh we have the uh we have several kings that become um quietly influenced by or not converted but start thinking but in, already in, in, influenced, yes, influenced by, 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 and views, by christianity yes, yeah. exactly like yes, they have yes. um rev the king king rev although there was a heathen heathen uh, yet he was compassionate and helpful to all the oppressed so this is this seems again oh compassion these uh, the uh, you know taking care of the sick and the, the sick and the wounded uh, being a benevolent, um, this is seen as the early Christian um, influence, where he had heard yes. a little of the gospel of our Lord Christ, and he possessed some love for Christ. Yes, during his though reign, he was not Christian, but right. he did have that uh, knowledge, yes. And during this reign, he did not permit anyone in Kartli to kill children, as before him and previously they used to sacrifice children in front of idols as offerings. While he was yeah. king, no one slew children for the idols, but to pres- prescribe the sacrifice of sheep and cows. So normal kind of animal sacrifice, but no more, no more children. No sacrifice. more humans. Yes. Right. And so, uh, right. and then you have a gradual after the uh, after the birth of Christ. The uh, there's talk of the sign being seen and and magi coming from Iran to see who is this great king that was born in the east yes. Um, yes. or in the west, and uh, who uh, and uh, people coming. Jews living in Georgia going to Jerusalem to uh, to uh, judge the matter of this pretend yes, Messiah that, or Jesus the Christ, exactly. That's a very important thing, that Jews used to live in Georgia even uh, before Christ, uh, especially just around it, uh, in the place which is called Tzcheta and around that place. And uh, Yes, and those... And, and then, uh, then, come, then, come, then comes like, the story that the, the, yes, the cape yes, so or the, they shir- the, the, ga- the ground, yes. the, the gown that J- Jesus was carrying before he was crucified, yes. That was yes. brought by them then back to Georgia and so back to Georgia. A, that's how it happened to just uh, be in Georgia. Right, and after that you have uh, several. You have like the apostles' journeys uh, described yes. a little bit, uh, and all the all the time and the different other saints and people coming, uh, and they're all able to do convert some people and have kind of some success, but the. Mm-hmm. Yes. State religion still uh, remains Armazi worship. Right? Yes, because yes, the conversion did not start from the top. Right. Uh, so as the governors or the kings and queens were not converted, the country remained uh, officially non-Christian. But it happened gradually. It doesn't. It does, did not really happen in a day or two. It happened throughout the centuries. That the people uh, just got the knowledge of this religion. The people uh, converted uh, to this religion out of their own will. This is another important point, I think, as you mentioned previously, how we resisted any 
kind of forceful conversion and we have resisted it ever after. Christianity did not come to us as something forced by somebody, some superpower or somebody powerful. Uh, it was preached by saints, by apostles, and then by this young girl, Saint Nino, who, right. who just uh, convinced people, who converted people, uh, who decided to... Uh, kind of uh, uh, learn more about this religion and then uh, who converted to the religion out of their own will, willingly. And becomes becomes like that, and the way she does it and the way it's described in the Georgian Chronicles. um, So it was around 300 uh, after Christ, right? That's around the time of... uh, It's in the fourth century, yes. Uh, officially, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not really wonderful with the date, but it's it's around 337 or something when it was op- officially declared as the state religion. And it's re- it's described uh, the the conversion is she she starts out as a, a kind of doctor, right? She's that she's known as someone who's able to cure people in different <laughs> ways, right? Yes, because she she, she does cure. Yes. Uh, and so that th- and so when Miriam, uh, King Miriam, when he invites her to to help the prince, uh, you know, he says like, and, but you know, don't preach any of this religion here. We know that Amazi is the right king, but just yes. you know, just just perform your miracles or perform your cure, right? We we want you for your cure, um, mm-hmm. and uh, then she's after that, you know, she she prays, and there are all these different kind of miracles that happens, and also. She is able to cure a lot of people that uh, that uh, described that uh, are in powerful positions, uh, yes, and including the queen, including so the queen, the, right? And so, yes, the queen so was uh, was uh, the the first to get converted before the king. I mean, right. from the royal and family. So, and so, it's it's uh, it's very interesting because uh, it it's uh, described from the beginning of her story. Um, it's got kind of power to the women in a certain extent, but you know, it's, it is the women leading the way, right, in, in Christianity in very many <laughs> yes. cases, right? There's these, these yes, there's this convent of of of, uh, of very religious uh, girls that, rather than being married away to unchaste husbands, would rather yes. stay, you know, stay, you know, yes, yes. stay as nuns and to a certain extent, and and uh, and she is the one that takes the lead, and she does it in a very Instead of being like the powerful one from the top, she she gracefully and through service and love uh, is able yes. to to change this power structure from the bottom, right? Yes, yes, and uh, that's also we somet- sometimes also connected to the uh, fact that uh, uh, according to uh, our religion, uh, Virgin Mary was supposed to preach in Georgia, but of course she could not. Uh, uh, come uh, because it was uh, had right. time. So, so that, was, that was seen was, as yes. later as yes. kind of a fulfillment it's of that prof- like that. prophecy. So uh, Saint Nino, yes, it was a prophecy. Yes, and Saint Nino is also symbolically viewed uh, like that sometimes because a, a woman, another woman, right. finally finished this conversion of Georgia. It, it happened gradually, but still it was officially uh, finished and recognized as a state religion uh, through a, a woman another and, woman another virgin and and she's uh, and she's again given this um, you know she has um, a somewhat traumatic childhood right so her, her father is uh, essentially um, leaves her to go on a mission trip and uh, <laughs> and she uh, and leaves her in the in the charge of this monastery uh, in Jerusalem yeah. quite at quite early age and she's yeah. given a blessing that just yes. as the female eagle um, flies higher than the male eagle, 
your eyes yes. will see further than all the men of your <laughs> of your generation yes. or something like that. Yes, she was so, chosen like that. Right, and so again, and again, uh, higher uh, set higher than the than the men of her order. Yes. Uh, so in a you know quite feminist way, so in some ways, right? The kind uh, of, you know. uh, it, it can be viewed like that, right. but it's not, not not actually the case of feminism. Well, I mean, it, you can't really talk about feminism back in those yeah. days, right? But but yes. it, but in, in the same ways, yeah. but you say like in sense, you know, she in no way is behind. Um, in, yes, yes, you know, I would view it as uh, yes, right. more as equality that uh, women are as kind of able to uh, kind of achieve. Uh, uh, something great and uh, to do something important as men are. Right, so and that's that's um, to a certain extent that's uh, you know later you have obviously uh, Queen or King Tamar. Um, yes, you know, and but we did have uh, you know Queen Tamar, Queen Tamar who we call King King Tamar. Right, we call her, we we in Georgia we never say Queen uh, about her. We because she was officially the king. Right, and she had the same same power, same absolutely, same prestige, yes. yes, absolutely, and. You yeah and uh, but you you do have and also uh, uh, Zoe Empress Zoe in uh, in Constantinople uh, mm -hmm. in the among the Byzantians obviously a lot of <coughs> a line of you know strong women there but yeah, it, 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 there's a, there's yeah. a huge difference right between like you said uh, it is described as a huge difference between the way Christianity arrived and the way that uh, Zoroastrianism was yes, attempted exactly. to to come in and also. Um, Islam, when that time comes, right, with the Muslim Muslim yes. conquests, yes. Um, yes. it again Conquest is, is something that is seen as with, right, yeah. something that's seen again as or described, right. Obviously, 800 uh, AD, the the Muslims or the the Saracen forces are still a threat at that time. Obviously, he would have interest of portraying it in that that specific kind of way, but it's seen as Christianity came to Georgia from the bottom. It came kind of through the hearts, whereas uh, Zoroastrianism. And uh, Islam was tried to come from the top through the sword, through conquest, yeah. etc. And forcefully, yes, forcingly. Right. Yeah, and Christianity did not come that way. Yes, and exactly. after, after that, what's described is also a long line of, of having to live and trying to um, make compromise with a powerful, uh, at this time, instead of Zoroastrian, uh, Muslim uh, conquerors, rulers yes. um, who some of them are more tolerant and allows them to live the way they want to and some of yes. them are set on you know what uh, this has gone long enough time to make them all christian all muslims or or or, or say that they have to die kind of thing right so the, yes. there's a, a, a kind of mixture of very sometimes very lenient sometimes intolerant and sometimes very intolerant um uh, yeah. leadership leadership but always during this time Except, I would say, a, a couple of strong kings, right, Vakhtan and others, uh, they they have to do their best again to hold on to their identity, which is now both yeah. independence and Christian. Sometimes, yes, exactly. Right. Sometimes balance somehow. Sometimes even we did have several cases like that throughout our history when the king converted to Islam, for example. Uh, um, and uh, as a, uh, in return, he got the promise not to force his country to be converted. 
So right. it was like a sacrifice. They converted officially, but did not truly convert to it. So they uh, secretly remained Christian, but uh, they somehow they made a deal sometimes. Right. There were cases like this. So sometimes we did have to balance somehow to survive uh, because the power was kind of too uh, much for uh, for us at certain points. But uh, in general, the uh, uh, the conquests are not uh, as destructive as when the Turk Turkish uh, armed forces come later, right? That's described yeah. kind of now at the dawn of the time of David the Builder, uh, yes. where everything is about as dark as it could possibly be, and they use all these. Uh, biblical analogies uh, such yes. affliction for the Christians continued long for in the springtime of the Turks would come and carry out depredations like those the first ones in the winter they would leave in those times there was neither sowing nor harvest the land was ruined and turned into forest in place of men beasts and animals of field made their dwelling there insufferable oppression fell on all the inhabitants of the land it was unparalleled and far worse than all the ravages heard of or experienced but the yes, holy churches exactly. were turned into stables for the horses. The sanctuaries of God became places for their impurities. Some priests, even during the offering of the divine sacrifice, were put to the sword, and their blood yeah. was mingled with that of the Lord. Right? That really just uh, amplifies this to the strongest possible extent that at this time it was the darkest of darkest times. We never had it as bad, right? Yes, as to bad as before, yes, before King David, yes, we even, uh, we have in the Chronicles that uh, the kingdom was comp nearly completely destroyed. Uh, people had to leave their homes and run uh, high to the mountains to, to, to somehow hide there and survive with their families. And uh, there was no harvesting, kind of no, uh, no normal life, actually. Uh, as he, and, I mean, and this, this came again from like the, the Turkic tribes were, were more kind of nomadic, right? Yes. So they would kind of yes. like be more plundering than the uh, the f former Muslim uh, leaders that were would conquer, but wouldn't in the same way destroy everything, kind of thing. They would be yes. more long term. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they they were more powerful and uh, at the same time kind of more merciless. So right. And that's obviously, uh, if you look at this as kind of a work of literature, right? Uh, working yes, up to yes. a, a climax, like it ha it's the darkest before it turns bright, right? Before the daybreak yes. arrives. And yes. it, if you, you get like playing on this again, how insufferable this was and something had to happen. And then yes. as a miracle, right? And not only that, but the, also the people themselves had turned away from God and there were huge earthquakes that happened because yes. of that. Yes, yes. It yes. said that there were earthquakes lasted for a year, or the fearsome trembling of the earth yes, lasted for exactly a year. Exactly the year before King David came to the throne. Right. Uh, where the people, was, yeah, where the people, there was a huge earthquake, and everything was nearly everything was destroyed. Right, and so you have, you have the destruction from abroad. You have the people uh, themselves turning corrupt. Um, yes, and you have like this huge earthquake as this condemnation of God. And yeah. then the people start repenting, and as an answer to their prayers comes David, like King David, as exactly. in the King David in the Bible, right? That the he he becomes <laughs> yes. as the as the savior, uh, the yes. kind of temporal savior of Georgia, right? So the so the kind of narrative arc here is really follows the the 
uh, in some ways uh, the yeah. Bible, right? You have the same thing. It's described at the beginning of the reign um, of King David that uh, there were tribes coming, raiding us all the time. We never had peace. And then comes this temporal uh, Messiah, yeah. or this temporal deliverer from yes. from our oppressors and from the evils. Yes, exactly. You're absolutely right. If you if we view it through this uh, literary point of view uh, as a work of literature, uh, uh, even fiction, uh, it's not fiction, of course. It's historical chronicles, but really does have uh, lots of kind of characteristic features. Literary devices uh, to be able to amplify devices. this it's point. Very, right? Yes, yeah. very rich in literary devices and uh, allusions to the Bible and... Uh, and uh, this plot kind of developing to the climax, absolutely correct. And, uh, and I mean, just it, getting it, to this uh, highest point as the reign of King David, right. definitely. And uh, it's described that he was a man who governed both his kingdom and his passions. Yes. A true Christian, right? Something, yes. Someone who's uh, in control both of their, their body and their mind and the spirit. Um, and yep. thus, since God prospered the affairs of David, made all these paths straight, granted him at various times amazing victories, and made him progress from strength to strength. Nor was yes. he slow to multiply his talents, but he served God with a zealous heart and accomplished such deeds as confirmed the will of God and would please him, as will now be explained. And then that's kind of the inauguration of the story of of King David. And yes. it's described how he's, he's merciful. He is knowledgeable. Um, he is self-disciplined. He did not yes. allow his eyes to sleep. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm guessing yes. he did sleep, but it is metaphorically, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Or his course, eyelids under repose, or body under uh, rest. Yes. Uh, he did not turn to pleasures or yes. the desires of the flesh. He did not concentrate his mind on eating or drinking. Yes. I mean, that's very un-Georgian in some ways. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. But they actually, have some of the best cuisine in the world, by the way, in Georgia. Yes, yes. <laughs> but there was no time for this uh, kind of uh, abundance in some um, of uh, eating and drinking and having fun. So uh, the, in this way, he didn't have time for that. He, Of course, he yeah, ate. I mean, he seems, he seems to a certain extent uh, a little bit of a monk. Uh, right? Yes, like not, not exactly, not, not exactly because he's he is married, he has children, but yes. but yes. he is like this dedicated life, this very and strong self discipline, almost yes. almost ascetic in certain in almost certain ways. almost yes, and that did. that all all, all all these he did for for his country actually because there was he didn't have feasts. He of course ate and drank, but because he had to survive, he didn't have time for these feasts and uh, entertainment or whatever. Uh, so that's why he didn't let himself to sleep. It doesn't mean he didn't sleep a lot, right. but he didn't but sleep again, uh, like sure. at all. But he didn't sleep a lot because right. there was no time for that. He read a lot. He was very educated, yes, and he was strategically yes, very wise and a wonderful military uh, commander. So uh, he he achieved so much during his uh, reign that he couldn't do this if he wasted time on fun and entertainment. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, o it almost becomes um, to the point where he's not relatable. Like he was almost like, you, you, it's almost like. Uh, 
uh, he has no fault, and therefore he's like almost uh, almost im impossible yes, to imagine him. Right? Yes, but of course it's impossible, and uh, this this kind of of right. course. And that's that's part of the, the history writing, right? It's like yes, uh, the, but he did have faults. Of course, everybody does, but almost none. Yes, you right. Are right uh, that, that's the way, at least, that the the chroniclers describe him, right? Almost almost yes. saintly in in character. Yes, and he uh, by the end of his life he wrote uh, his confession in verse, uh, which. Uh, where he calls himself the greatest sinner, and when he right. or he repents about, he he's really like a saint, like saints did. So though he did so many great things and sacrificed his life for the country, actually he still considered himself uh, a great sinner. Right, and, and, and felt like he not. needed to atone, right? Yes. Uh, and he did not concentrate his mind on eating or drinking or on e indecent songs or on the inconsequential affairs of the body, but rather on all divine and spiritual matters in order to overcome and tame the inclinations of the will, right? Very, very kind of... Uh, yes. The very, very... So, somewhat ascetic, you could, you could say, kind of like, you know, yes. that uh, you, you feel... You, you do hear a little bit of the resonance of you know, the ones who would go into the desert and, and fast or, or stuff like that, right? Yes, as, yes, As yes. Jesus is described in, in the Bible. Um, yes, and like some recluse, uh, yes, could do, do and, yes. And he ends up with almost this kind of ascension into heaven, um, not literally, um, yes. but the way his death is described uh, is, and thus, at a good and appropriate time, God summoned the one who loved him and who longed for his eternal kingdom and his presence, he did not allow him to remain and be afflicted for a long time by dwelling in this temporary land. He died at fifty-three, right? I believe. Yes. Um, to be bound to his <laughs> to be bound to his rational soul under the weight of this body, or to rejoice in this corruptible crown and purple, which are like a dream and a phantom. But he mm -hmm. took him to reign with him, where in real and steadfast truth, immutable. Uh, and eternally God rules over those made divine by grace, adorned with the uncorruptible and glorious crown and purple, where he now dwells and lives in the light of the Godhead. I mean, he's he's almost taken up as, you know, um, St. Stephen in the Bible, yeah. right? Yes, 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 exactly. So there are illusions and oh, whatever. I, I was just listening to it now as a pure kind of literature melody. So it's, it's so... Uh, rich in these uh, literal devices and it's written not like a uh, just a, a combination of historical facts yes the and there it says also there he enjoys the riches um, which he sent before him so it certain sense like the riches of his acts and his you know the people that he helped yeah. and so on uh, those great treasure treasures which are safe from the depredation of thieves and from exhaustion in that city whose beauty is not visible to the bodily eye and whose brilliance does not enter the corporal heart, nor can yes. the ear contain its report. For there reign ease and joy, which contain no bitterness, and wealth to which no poverty ensues, and rejoicing which is not diminished by grief, a kingdom which has no end, and there is life which death does not disturb. Yes, the kingdom of heaven. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it really, really like in, in the end, it's kind of become, he has achieved uh, this, uh, this immortality. Yes, this immortality, yes. Uh, he, he, he has kind of uh, uh, 
transferred or whatever, so gone from this uh, uh, world to heaven, to the kingdom of heaven. So he achieved that eternal, uh, eternal life. Yes, there. And it seems like the again the 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 way it's described and he's set forth very clearly by the historian as an example, right? And yes. Then then the one for every subsequent king to be to be judged against this <laughs> yes. apex of a king, right? Yes, the, the, yes, and, and that's a bit, that's very kind of uh, difficult uh, thing to, <laughs> to, to, to be... This, this is how, this is how Georgian, Georgian men are raised, right? This is what they're supposed to do. <laughs> uh, yes, ideally, yes, but then it's a very hard thing to do. I can understand that. But the, but yeah, he's described as... Um, uh, there, there's very clearly, rhetorically, right? There's very clear this... Um, this uh, combination of he was a king, but he was subject to the real king. He gained a kingdom, but really the most important thing was he gained the kingdom and the life beyond. Um, yes. He had a crown and, you know, purple, as in, you know, again, from, from Byzantium, having purple was kind of seen as the yeah. royal, royal color, right? Yes. Um, royal. royal color. He gained that, but then he put that off because he wanted one that was even greater, and that's the one that's in, in, in the kingdom of heaven. And so at the end there, you have these two themes of jo a strong and independent Georgia combined with a Christian king who is almost embodiment of the Christian virtues, of all yes. the Christian virtues, right? Yes, so you have, you have these two things that were separate, and then they achieve their their climax or their full potential in the life of David the Builder. Yes, and we view it that, that way. This full potential was achieved and that golden era was achieved because all these was combined. And so ever since then, right, so the uh, um, lasted for about 300 years, this golden era. Mm -hmm. About. And, and becomes through this work of the Georgian Chronicles, this dream of fulfillment of uh, the, the true Georgia that kind of becomes an identity to which, um, you know, which has a lot of force in the popular imagination and to which uh, a lot of Georgians even today, right, aspire to get back to, yeah. right? That's yes. th This was yeah. their golden age. And yes. uh, we we want again a Georgia that is that is powerful, yeah, that is independent, that is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that you know, retains this, its, uh, its identity, this, uh, right? Yeah, you know this uh, kind of uh, idea of uh, idolizing past and kind of uh, saying that in the past it was like that, and now right, we right. have degraded so much. Whenever we do this, we always refer to King David's period because. Well, I mean, it's the same. It was the same in Norway during the nation building in Norway when we wanted to become independent um, of Sweden and Denmark, right? So we yeah. had in Norway we had a golden period. Also, we call it the uh, from roughly uh, of roughly also three hundred years, right? About uh, from about a thousand until one thousand three hundred uh, A.D. Close close in time actually, and uh, there were. Uh, Christian uh, fighters from Norway that were sent to help uh, David the Builder and others um, in the cru Crusades and so on. Yes. But uh, the um, uh, but I during the same time we have like Håkon Håkonsson, we have the greatest extent of the physical kingdom of Norway, um, and then mm -hmm. 
afterwards, uh, we had this devastating Black Death, um, and we became essentially a colony of Denmark for 400 years. And then after that time, people started looking back at those sources and the people describing the golden age of Norway, and uh, they were mentioned a lot in poems and songs, etc., and people were all reading it, and it was a national duty to read these sources in order to know what Norway again could become, <laughs> right? Uh, okay. And so uh, in Norway, we kind of achieved our our independence, uh, but especially during that time when that desire was so so great, Snorri Sturluson and uh, these other ancient sources became kind of a source of inspiration, of aspiration, uh, of a golden age that maybe never had existed quite like that, but that we kind of yearned back to a free Norway, and a Norway that um, is free and strong and, uh, and prosperous. Yes, okay, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in, in many ways, interesting also, the golden age happens around the same time, right? In, in Georgia, yes, that's, 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 a couple hundred years difference. How co- yes, how is different, yes, but, slight uh, difference, but it's really interesting, yes. So uh, essentially, uh, when you look back in your world history, that's uh, this is the golden age age. <laughs> the age of yeah, golden ages, at least so. for these kingdoms. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, some period of golden ages, yes, exactly. All right. Well, thank you for, uh, I think that's a good place to end this. Uh, yeah, thank you for so. uh, Thank you for joining me today, and uh, hope you have... Uh, Hope you have a nice rest of the day and uh, thank you. Hope you all are listening, that you enjoyed listening to the um, to uh, the history of Georgia in the Georgian Chronicles. Thank you, David. Uh, really, thank you so much for being interested in Georgian history, for just your... Uh, Oh, God.